Welcome to Greylog's first podcast. My name is Taylor, and I'm on the marketing team at Greylog. Hey, this is Bernd. Um, I'm on the engineering team at Greylog, and I'm heading in from Hamburg, Germany. Hey, uh, this is Leonard. Um, I, uh, I started Greylog once, and this definitely is the first podcast because we basically started the second sentence without knowing who talks next. So let's <laughs> we'll see where this goes. It's a work in progress. So today we'll be talking about what's coming out in Greylog 2.4. We'll also be giving a sneak peek on Greylog 3.0, say what's happening in 2.3.2, and then Leonard is going to talk about Enzyme. So, Burn, do you want to get it kicked off with 2.4? I think, no, I think I, according to the doc, I started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do this. So, in uh, <clears throat> we have the first beta version of Greylock version 2.4 is already out. Um, at least the moment we, uh, we release this podcast, it's going to be out. Um, and uh, it brings a bunch of new stuff. So, I think the one that I'm personally the most excited about is new visualizations. Um, we hear a lot that uh, uh, people ask for certain visualizations, especially around the uh, quick values widget. Um, there actually is, I think there's a plugin out there already that is improving the quick values. And we're taking a lot of um, a lot of the ideas that came from the community um, to support certain use cases there. So we'll have, um, you'll finally be able to sort in quick values. <clears throat> you'll be... Um, you'll be able to build a chart of the results <clears throat> of quick values over time. So uh, if you want to see how quick values changed over a certain time period, uh, you'll be able to do that. I actually, Bernd and I, right before we started recording this, we looked at that functionality together. Uh, it's pretty cool, I think. And also, and this is probably one of the most requested features ever, um, we'll also be having stacking or grouping in there. So imagine that you're having a, um, <clears throat> a source IP address that you're looking at, and now you want to figure out the I want to find the pairs of source IP addresses that are talking to destination IP addresses. So uh, you can do that now. You can do that from within the UI. You just click that together and you say, okay, I got my source IP address. Now stack or group that against the destination IP address. And now the quick values widget will show you the um, kind of the pairs of your top talkers. Um, that together with the sorting, um, I think enables a lot of especially threat hunting use cases where I think one of the most famous threat hunts um, is probably also one of the most easy uh, threat hunts out there is probably that you um, you build these connection pairs and you sort them and you look at the most common and the most uncommon connection pairs because threat hunting as an idea is that um, you actively search through your data instead of relying on some automated uh, alerting. Um, and this new, um, this new way of interacting with data here in the quick values widget um, that allows you to to do that. We'll put more work into visualizations, obviously, but this is our first push to um, support more use cases. Um, and then also, we will allow you to use our um, uh, to use our statistical functions on fields um, that you were already able to build charts over. So if you wanted to get the uh, 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 the max or min value of a field charted over time, that was always possible. Um, there was another request to also do that over the cardinality. So how many different values were in a field over time. So if you, for example, wanted to count, um, uh, what's a good use case there? The, the, how many different IP addresses, how many different ports have been used in a certain result set? Um, you, can, <clears throat> you can now put that into a chart too. So uh, yeah, that's our, that's our first push there. There's more coming. Like, like Taylor said, we're going to be talking about version 3.0 later. Um, that's, uh, there's a lot more stuff coming there too. Yeah, this a quick thing on the quick values. Uh -huh. um, 
<laughs> so, yeah, especially the showing the, uh, building the chart of results over time is kind of early, but so we definitely look forward to feedback yeah. uh, on that because, um, yeah, that would be good. Okay, I think I think you're an expert. <laughs> yeah, I'm next. Um, so another thing we changed into four is that we uh, moved some uh, four to be specific for um, plugins into the default distribution. That means um, there are four more plugins now that come with Greylock by default. So if you install the regular uh, Greylock uh, operating system package or tar tar GZ file. You get uh, the AWS plugin, you get the NetFlow plugin, and the Threat Intelligence plugin, and also the CEF plugin. So if you use those before, you don't have to install them uh, manually anymore. You don't have to care about like getting the correct versions of those. Uh, you can just install Greylock and use them. So I think that's a pretty good thing because lots of people were using that. And that also means that they get way more attention from our side uh, regarding maintenance and support. Yeah, maybe we can we can quickly go over the um, these plugins and what they do because now that we move them into the core, um, we've seen that some people didn't even know that those were there um, because they weren't Greylock Labs. That means we didn't we didn't uh, uh, publish a lot of uh, a lot of information about them because we really wanted to see how they work and we weren't we weren't too sure if the APIs are going to be stable or not. Um, so now that they're in there, I think it makes sense to maybe quickly go over those four and explain what they're doing. So maybe I can start with the AWS plugin. Um, Amazon Web Services, obviously, probably everyone knows that public cloud. Um, and uh, we have three different connectors in there. So it's three message inputs, basically. It's for CloudTrail. That is the Amazon audit log. So information about someone stopped a virtual machine, someone changed a security group um, all across um, their services uh, that, that goes into Greylock if you connect it to it. Um, the flow logs, that is like NetFlow information from your existing routers or firewalls that you have. So have very high level information about um, this device connected to that device on this port to that port, uh, exchanged so many bytes, so many packets, um, uh, gives you that. That is very, very useful for a lot of security use cases, obviously. Um, we've also seen people use that for IT ops use cases or even for, for um, DevOps or development use cases. Um, the third one is a generic CloudWatch input. So if you write every, anything from within your existing services into CloudWatch, they have their own little log aggregation tool there. Uh, we can now read from that directly into Greylock too. So we hope that makes um, that makes uh, uh, running Greylock in AWS much easier and also makes it uh, uh, get you much more value out of it. Um, Another thing that happens in there is that there is a new processor that is running that you can enable optionally that will take um, certain metadata like IP addresses and try to translate that into, into more information. So if, for example, um, the flow logs input is seeing an IP address that looks like an IP address within your VPC, um, then it's going to look up the IP address in APIs that it knows. So it will tell you, okay, this is 172.16.0. 125, whatever, and uh, it will add to the message more information like, yes, this is your web server number one that is behind this kind of load balancer. It's an EC2 and not an ELB or an RDS. Um, does all that kind of stuff and automatic enrichment in it. You can you can optionally enable that. Um, that is something that makes um, any kind of research, I think, in, in, in AWS data much easier. So basically, 
asks internally AWS APIs to get metadata about the exactly. So it takes an IP address and then the, it just checks the um, the internal EC2 API, for example, and looks up the description and the instance ID and adds that to the message. So you'll have a source underscore address and then you'll also have a source underscore address instance ID and a source underscore address um, host description or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, looks great. Cool. Uh, and the next thing is uh, the NetFlow plugin. So lots of people are actually using the NetFlow plugin because basically every network device out there speaks NetFlow. Um, so we thought it might be a good idea to include that. So this uh, means you have the NetFlow UDP input by default uh, in Greylock 2.4. And also a much requested feature was to support NetFlow version 9 because um, we used to only support version five, and but lots of um, yeah, lots of devices only speak V9 or uh, use version nine features. So we also um, yeah introduced that, and that's now also. And I, I think that was the version nine support was even based on a pull request, right? Is that right? Right, You're right. Yeah. Um, I didn't, didn't didn't prepare actually, so I should have looked up the one who. Uh, contributed that, but yeah, it was a community. It, it was based on a community com contribution, so that's thank you very much. Um, then the third plugin that we're including now is the threat intelligence plugin. Um, that is something that I kind of started on the site once because I wanted to play around with threat intel services, and then uh, we had a lot of people starting to play around with it too, and a lot of people starting to build their stuff on top of it. So we said, okay, this is definitely time to move it out of Greylock Labs. Finally, um, what it does basically yeah. is it adds a lot of. Um, uh, 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 pipeline processor functions for Greylock. So you can take um, IP addresses, host names, um, domain names, all kinds of stuff and look it up against um, uh, uh, threat intel lists out there. Um, you can, for example, take an IP address and check if that is a known Tor exit node. Or you can take a host name and figure out if this is part of a known um, if this is part of a known, for example, botnet command and control uh, 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 channel. Um, so you can do all of that and then you can put alerting on off on top of it and just get a lot more um, enriched data that, that goes into Greylock. Um, we're putting more into that in the future. What we did here, the biggest change since we moved it into the core is um, that we're now using our own lookup tables under the hood. So in one of the previous releases recently in Greylock, we introduced lookup tables. So um, that is our way to allow you to, in a processing pipeline, Take a um, take any kind of value and look it up against another table, and then take the result of that and add it to the message again. So this is exactly what the Threat Intel plugin does, right? Takes an IP address or a host name or anything else um, and looks it up against another list, and then returns if it's a match or even more metadata around it. So we're using our own stuff here now, um, and that will also make it much easier to add new services to it. Um, so that is something that we're going to be doing in the future. Um, other stuff that is in there is, um, uh, is for example, who is lookups. Those can be extremely useful um, if you have an IP address and you want to see what organization owns it. Um, just to make your, your threat hunting, your uh, incident response, and your forensics, uh, maybe even alerting, much easier. That's the Threat Intel plugin. Yeah, also, um, since we're now using the lookup tables uh, under the hood, you can also theoretically use the um, threat intel stuff in extractors and decorators. So previously, you, you were only uh, able to use it in the pipeline rules. But now since the lookup table, you can um, use it in extractors for simple lookups. 
Right. And it's good that you mentioned the decorators, I think, because um, that is also something that um, that I think is always worth mentioning because we have also not made that uh, we, have, we have not made a lot of noise around that feature yet, I think. <laughs> it's basically, um, if yeah, you don't true. want to do an enrichment during uh, processing, so when a message comes in, but you want to do it during the search time, um, then that is what uh, what decorators are doing. So you can basically enrich search result, and that is happening during search and not during ingestion. Um, that can be in certain use cases, that can be very powerful too. So that works with the new Thread Intel plugin too. Caveat though is that you cannot search that's for those values. It's only for annotating the that's search results. Um, and then the the uh, what are we at? The fourth one is the uh, is the Four. Ceph plugin CEF. Um, <laughs> that is the format. And now I hope I get this right. Um, that is the format that um, HP Enterprise ArcSight is using. Um, so if you want to integrate with um, with that specific theme. Oh man, I saw a discussion on Twitter how to pronounce seam. I call it seam. Um, that that discussion immediately drifted into how millennials uh, pronounce certain things. So sorry about that, but seems seems okay. okay. To me. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, if you want to integrate with any tool that is uh, that is speaking seam, no Ceph. Oh my God, now it's happening. Uh, that is speaking Ceph and uses that format. Um, uh, now we have that too. So um, that's another. So that's that's basically some kind of structured uh, log format. It is, and it can right? be in syslog or not in syslog. The format is is kind of open to that. It's really that the transport can be syslog, but it doesn't have to be. And I mean, we all know how how some vendors implement syslog, so you never know what you end up with. Um, Very good. You just know that somewhere in a string, there's going to be another string that is Ceph formatted, um, which is why we had some problems with uh, with other tools. Uh, I think OSSEC, for example, is is using uh, is using Ceph. So the the um, uh, the host intrusion detection tool out there, um, and they were using it a little different. And um, what we did is we added a um, a pipeline process function. So if you have anything that you cannot parse with the Ceph input itself, you can always spin up a plain text input and then just throw the uh, throw a processor at it that is using the, I think it's parse underscore Ceph or something like that. Um, and just parse out the string and then run that over Ceph so, and then yeah. you've got the Ceph parser again. So that's your that's your fallback if, if you want to integrate with something that's not necessarily syslog compliant. Yeah, but please uh, please let us know if you run into anything that's like not possible, so we can improve that. Okay, um, so it also into four. We we're really happy to have uh, I think five community contributors who contributed um, pull requests. So we just want to give a shout out to them and thank them for yeah being part of the community and help improving Greylock. So the first one is Bill. I, well, I hope I spell all of those correctly. So, um, first one is Bill Murren, um, who contributed um, dashboard widget and, improvements. And I think that, that was Bill was nice. also the one yeah. who was working on the on the approved quick values, right? I think his that was his plugin, if I'm right. Correct. Right. So, Bill, if you hear this, and uh, thanks, Bill, feedback on that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Next up is uh, I there's no real name, so it's a it's a GitHub account. It's Gaspar Petit. I'm not sure how to spell that. Um, we we, uh, we will probably link it in the show notes. And he contributed some SSO plugin improvements regarding LDAP. So that's also thank you very much. Uh, next up is Greg. There's no last name. Um, 
who contributed pipeline processor improvements. I think it was a documentation improvement. Those are also very welcome all the time. So that's pretty good. And another GitHub account is Silence, Silence Pair, Silence Peer, uh, contributed uh, LDAP improvements to uh, expose some more LDAP uh, uh, functions that can be used in plugins, basically. And the last one is Mark Ruiz, uh, who contributed AWS plugin improvements. And he's also been pretty active in the past as well. So he, yeah, I think it's his third or fourth uh, PR that we merged in the AWS plugin. So thank you very much. Great, well, thank you so much. Um, what's next? Uh... Next, we have the sneak peek. And I think we need <laughs> oh, no, dramatic piano music for this. <laughs> The litter. Yeah, said, What's happening yeah, in Greylock 3.0? The dramatic piano is for 3.3.2. <laughs> no, I don't know how to stop the music. Uh, okay. okay. Actually, the sneak peek is pretty in cool. The head of um, <laughs> so, uh, let's just, I, I just want to quickly go through um, a few things that we're building for version 3.0. I, I don't want to go into too much detail um, because some of that is still a little fluid. Um, we are, however, already working on that on, in our daily um in our daily work life um so maybe just bullet point kind of style just like we have it in our show notes here um so we will finally have reporting um i don't know if you have an applause button taylor but i think that would be the right moment Ooh. for that <laughs> so i know so I my, don't. my favorite Next moment version, is if, we, if we talk to someone who's who's new to Graylon, kind of likes it and, and has a few questions we get on the phone um sometimes people will say um, I really like it. It's all working, but I cannot find the reporting button. Where, where, where did you hide the reporting button? Because it seems like the, the whole product has reached such a maturity that we should really have reporting, but for some reason we never had it. Um, so we're finally getting it. So it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to, it, it will allow you to build your own reports based on a GUI. We'll also have some canned reports there most likely in the beginning. Um, and uh, it will be scheduled, sends out a PDF with a nice cover page. You can send it at, uh, in your own defined schedule intervals um, to whoever you want in your own organization. So that is finally happening. Um, we will have a completely new feature that um, I think it's uh, is going to dramatically, it's dramatically going to change how um, um, how you use Greylock for certain use cases and also how flexible Greylock is going to be for pretty much every use case. Um, that feature is going to be called Views and we will follow up on that at a later point. Um, I have seen it. Um, a few other people have seen it and everyone who saw it got really excited about it. Um, I think we're solving, if you go to our uh, feature request portal on greylock.org right now, um, I, uh, whenever I look at it, I think easily the first two pages of the most popular, um, uh, feature requests might be solved with that in the end. So that's a big overhaul of how searches work, how flexible searches are. Um, alerting is going to be included in that in a, in an extremely flexible way. So stay tuned for that. Um, We'll also have sidecar improvements. We see a lot of people using our sidecar functionality. So just as a reminder, it's this kind of fleet management for your collectors out there. So you can remotely control them and, and, and manage them, restart them, configure them, um, roll out configuration changes based on tags. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming there. Uh, we had a very good planning meeting for that just a, just a few days ago. 
And we will also be improving our content packs. Um, right now, the content packs definitely have some shortcomings, but with all the new stuff that we're building, we want to be able to ship a lot of content out of the box. And we also want to enable you, obviously, to build really good content packs and share them. So that is that is kind of a few high-level things that we're building for version 3.0. Um, and we're already working on it. We got the first packages that are being built, so there's a lot of progress there. So it's not that you'll have to wait for that forever. Um, and we'll definitely come out with... Um, I don't know if anyone listens to that who has been around Greylock in like 2013. Um, also, shout out to Kai. Uh, hi, Kai. Um, uh, we had uh, back then when we when we when we wrote the first complete overhaul of Greylock in in 2013. Um, uh, we had these preview versions. We're planning to do the same for version 3.0. So it's not even alpha, but the first stuff to play around with, the first stuff to try out. Um, so that's definitely going to happen for this version too. And now it's yeah. If, Taylor, can you play the dramatic? Uh, I think next up. Oh no! Oh, wait, I have a new music for this. Hold <laughs> oh, no. on. Okay, you completely flipped around. This was supposed to be very three point oh. But it works. But, but the Houston it kind of fits. Astros are in the World Series, so I think it's fitting. Hey, how, how did they play Houston. yesterday, by the way, Taylor? It's actually. <laughs> um, they lost against the Dodgers, but we have six more rounds games. <laughs> I'm not a big baseball fan either, but I know that we're in it, and I have their T-shirt. Okay, burned on to two, three, two. Yeah, I think that the music was actually quite fitting because <laughs> it was a surprise release. So. Um... Ah, see, there you go. <laughs> so your instincts were correct. So, um, yeah, so we released uh, two, three, two uh, because there was a. Yeah, it's a it's a bug fix release. Uh, we had to release because. Um, there were some issues with the CSV exports and more importantly, the archiving uh, functionality. So if you run archiving or CSV export and you should definitely upgrade to 232. Um, the problem was basically that, and now it's getting really technical, if you have an Elasticsearch uh, cluster or Elasticsearch indices, which have lots of shards, um, the export, which is basically used in the CSV and also in the archiving. So this export feature uh, broke because of really long identifiers. So the more shards you have, the more the longer uh, this one identifier that's used for exporting data to remember the position, stuff like that, uh, the, the, the bigger it got. And that was a problem with how we used it. So um, yeah, so if you run Two, three, and doing archiving or CSV export, definitely upgrade. Cool. And uh, that release is out, that. right? People can upgrade right now. Beautiful. That's out, yeah. That's <laughs> out in the wild and it works. <laughs> yeah. So um, next up is Enzyme, I guess. So some people might have seen that already. Um, and uh, the <laughs> the bullet point here in our notes is Leonard can explain what it is. And I feel like I should have prepared a little more. <laughs> Basically, it is a open source tool that um, uh, that I released. And uh, what it does is it runs on a, for example, a Raspberry Pi and everything it needs, just, just a small machine. Um, and everything it needs is uh, one or more uh, Wi-Fi adapters that support monitor mode. Um, monitor mode is a mode that a driver can put certain um, uh, Wi-Fi adapters 
into and it depends if the driver can do it and it depends if the chipset supports it but basically what it means is that the device will now accept and listen to pretty much and report to the kernel pretty much everything that's going on in the in the uh, wi-fi spectrum that it's listening to uh, and there's a lot of interesting data in there and um Enzyme is this little tool that is uh, collecting all that data, and then and now it gets relevant for this blog, po- uh, uh, this podcast, um, can then take that data and writes it into Greylog. And with that, you have a lot of uh, security relevant analysis and almost like a threat hunting and IDS combination kind of thing for uh, uh, for for your Wi-Fi network. Um, there is a I talked about this at DerbyCon this year. Um, there's a recording. On YouTube, if you search for Enzyme or for my name and, and DerbyCon 2017, uh, where I explain all of this a little more. But I think, yeah, we should do Maybe that. Maybe I can link um, it to the, the show notes. And um, it, it, it allows you basically to, or what the, what the whole thing about this is, it's not only that it lets you do IDS, because there's a Wi-Fi IDS kismet out there that's pretty good already. Um, it allows you to also do forensics um, because we keep pretty much every frame that is relevant you'll have in Greylock. So you know you can go in after, for example, there was a rogue access point and you need you need to figure out what exactly happened, who connected to it, how long was it there, did it move within the um, uh, within your building. Um, you can now go into Greylock and figure out what exactly happened. So you can you can run a search that gives you a list of these devices definitely connected and su- successfully authenticated um, to a rogue access point, for example. Um, that is something that before, if you were just running an IDS or, or kind of relied on your um, on your on your uh, access point vendors um, intrusion detection, you would get an alert, but then okay, what do you do now, right? How do you figure out, okay, what connected to that? What else happened? Um, and uh, you should be able to do that with Enzyme. Um, it's all open source, works with Greylog pretty much out of the box. I've talked to a bunch of people who are running it. It seems to work pretty well. Um, and I think even if you don't, even if you don't think that you, or if you don't want to run that uh, kind of at your at your job or, or uh, at home, I don't think you should run it at home, actually. It's probably not. I don't think anyone's going to, <laughs> I'm running it at home too, I'm but running I'm not. It at home. I don't expect any rogue access points to pop up here. And wait, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. That probably. Yeah, I'll have some people park in front of my house. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm living at the countryside, and there's not much around me. So, but it's still interesting what you can see, like what SSIDs pop up from phones that like send probe requests, uh, and so it's yeah, it's kind of interesting to see what's. Yeah. <laughs> how bad wi-fi is and what's yeah. what is happening, what, what's right? happening um so uh yeah it's it's fun to play around with and to uh even if you just want to learn a little more about wi-fi and the 802.11 standard and stuff like that so just as a note that is out that is working um and we'll we'll link to it at the show notes here and is that what you're going to be talking I about will, at, besides actually. dallas uh, is that the same talk now i'm not prepared it's hey yeah it's like two weeks or well, something. that's coming up November that is November coming 4th. Up, definitely. Um, yeah, it's around the corner. It's it's Dallas, but we still like it. And uh, it's next week. <laughs> yeah, it's next week. Thanks for the reminder. Oh. <laughs> Very uh, around the corner. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be talking about that on uh, uh, B-Sites Dallas. Great. We're now at the end. Yes, we're at the end. That is the end of our notes. The end is what the paper says. (laughs) So thank you all for listening. As we said, we'll include those links to Leonard's talk and 
some of the other items we discussed. If you guys like this, please let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter. Send us an email. Um, we'll try to make this a semi-regular thing is what our notes describe it as. Maybe monthly, depending on how much of a success it is. And then I think we need to give one more shout out just to all of our community members. So thank you again, Bill, Greg, Mark, and then Silence Par and Gas Par, Petit. Shout out to you that as people well. People will now send really, really simple pull requests with really, really funky names that we, because they know we'll say them on this podcast in the future. <laughs> just so we can. Stop or they stop sending ones. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we can awkwardly butcher we also, up your name. I would like to. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I would also it. like to know we'll that at the beginning of this podcast, we said there will be no cutting, and we will we will decide after it if we publish it or not. So if you hear this, Still if you hear this, we to decided this. to publish no it. There is no editing. <laughs> I think we'll publish. Exactly. It. <laughs> I think it's good. All right. Thank you all. So we will be publishing this on SoundCloud, iTunes, and LinkedIn and into actually, our blog, which is I think coming we out get tomorrow. On the next one or one of the upcoming ones. If people like it and we publish it, um, then we should probably get a guest on here too. We could probably get someone from the community and kind of make this a little more interactive. Yeah. That would yep. be exciting. Okay. If anyone wants to be on this and they listen, send me an email, taylor at graylog.com. And if you have any suggestions for our sound clips, such as the dramatic piano or the ballpark, oh. we can get uh, those you know, you into the next to, podcast release. You know what we have to We're going to make there, this right? fancy. We have to have the Greylog what? engineering anthem in here. What? We have not played that in a while. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You guys are in for a okay. treat. Okay. <laughs> and now we're, we're also this, almost really at the 30-minute mark. If we can talk for 30 more seconds, we'll hit it. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. I think we thank can you, Taylor. Thank you, Leonard. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Go Astros. Bye. <laughs>